And now, from the Room 111 Studios, it's the Retired Teacher Coach Podcast with James Sternovan. Hey there, listener. Welcome back to the Retired Teacher Coach Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. And here's the problem. Some educators fail to inventory everything they like about teaching before they retire. In my last episode, I interviewed Penny Sturdivant, an educator who's on the verge of retirement. In this episode, I'll interview Michael Brilla, a middle school social studies teacher from Eastern Pennsylvania. Michael is in his early 40s and is only midway through his career. At first blush, he would not seem like a relevant guest for a podcast geared toward older and retired educators. But I solicited Michael because he experienced a mini-retirement and now he's back in the classroom. From 2019 to 2021, Michael was a technology coach in his district. He had the option to stay in that role or return to the classroom. He obviously chose the latter, and this episode is why he opted to return, everything he missed in exile, and what his triumphant renaissance has been like. This is an important episode for two segments of my audience. One, teachers who are debating whether or not they're ready to retire. And two, retired educators who are missing the students and the experience. Even if you're not in one of these two camps, I'll bet you know someone who fits one of those descriptions. Share this episode with them. If you're a retired educator and you are missing teaching, please make certain to listen to the What You Can Do About It section at the end. I toss out what I think are some really great options for you. Buckle up, man. I think you're going to love this episode. I help retired educators make awesome health and lifestyle choices. My name is James Sturdivant. I taught high school for 34 years. I'm over 60. I'm in great shape and I feel fantastic. I would love for you to take my coaching on a free 21-day test drive. Just navigate over to theretiredteachercoach.com and sign up. It's time for you to reclaim your vitality. So here I am in the Room 111 studios, and I'm looking out at about a foot of snow, and I'm talking to an old friend. Not not old like chronologically, but, but old as in relationship-wise. His name is Michael Brilla from Eastern PA. Say hello, Michael. Hey, how are you, Jim? What, how much snow do you have? We uh, Actually, as I look out my window right now, we have nothing left on the ground. Everything cleared off, and then we had... Uh, that storm that just blew through, we had a little bit of ice yesterday yeah, when I woke up this right. morning at like six in the morning. There was a little ice, but we're pretty clear now. We're going to have the big melt starting tomorrow. Yeah. The yeah. big melt. I mean, we got a boatload of snow out there. I mean, we generally don't get that much around here, but we've got a foot on the ground. It's 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 crazy. I could go for, I, I want one of those where if just for two <laughs> or three days, I'm stuck in the house, fireplace going, but just one. And then I want to be done. Michael Brilla is in the height of being a parent, <laughs> coach. <laughs> t- t- talk about your kids and their and their extracurricular activities. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, the, whole, the old adage of burning the candle at both ends. I think God bless my yeah. wife and I. I think we, we burn it at both ends and in the middle. 
because uh, yeah. we, both, we both teach and coach. Um, right now, I'm in season, so teach. I coach a high school wrestling team. Um, my 12-year-old my son decided this year he wanted to try basketball, so he's playing basketball, loves it. Um, he is also involved in winter workouts for his baseball team. My nine-year-old son started wrestling a couple of years ago, so he's wrestling. He's yeah. doing winter workouts for his baseball team. And then uh, my wife got suckered into running the concession stand for the wrestling team. And I got suckered into being a information officer for our local little league. So uh, wow. life's insane. Yeah. That's awesome. So how do you – you're around all these young kids, all these really active, working out. Young, how do you find time to exercise? Uh, wait, wake up way or four thirty every morning. Is that hard? Um, yeah, yeah, it is. It's so I, you know what it is too. I, I wake up at four thirty every morning, and and almost like George Costanza on yeah. Seinfeld. <laughs> I, my lunch, I set, I, I close my door. I put on some. Sometimes I put on some meditation or the Calm app, and, yeah. and I take a nap almost every single day at lunch. Well, I was going to ask you about that. Do you feel like you're sleep deprived? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, I know. I, I. Well, yeah, absolutely. I need to go. I, I always set a goal to go to bed nine, nine thirty, and it's ten, ten thirty till I unwind from my day to go to wow. bed. Wow, it's not good. You know, when I was coaching, uh, I used to coach football and I used to coach strength training. And the thing I didn't like about coaching strength training is when you're watching kids work out, you get this ridiculous feel like you actually did something. Yeah. <laughs> And so then when when they would leave and I would try to work out, I'd be kind of gassed. Yep. And I didn't have as much energy. Yeah. So yeah. I, I was watching these guys working out, think, wow, we had a great workout today. Well, wait a minute. I just sat there and <laughs> and yelled at them. I didn't yeah, do a darn walked, thing. <laughs> walked around and watched form. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now look, man, you, you've been on my show for and, and, and for those of you that don't realize this, I have two shows. If you're listening to the Retired Teacher Coach podcast, I also have the Hacking Engagement podcast and vice versa. You know, if you're listening to the Hacking Engagement podcast, I'd like you to check out the other uh, offering. But Michael Brillo, this is your third appearance on the Hacking Engagement podcast. That's really awesome. Yeah. I'm, that makes I'm, me feel good, man. <laughs> I like it. I, I, You know, it's funny. It's a, a, what I send a random tweet how many years yeah, ago and, and now it's turned right. into a friendship over distance. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. And we've never met each other in person, but my niece lives in New Jersey Yeah, and, and Mike, Michael's kind of on the route and we're going to go out there sometime. And, and I, I think where he lives in Eastern Pennsylvania is just gorgeous. Yeah. We are lucky. Yeah. We're so lucky. we got to do a hike and do some yakking. Absolutely. I got about a 400 acre park in my backyard. So That's awesome. Yeah, That's awesome, man. trails and everything. I'm, I'm pretty lucky. Okay, now we're going to get to the meat of this pretty quickly because this is an important episode. But I want to just give, I mean, just, just quick Reader's Digest version. Where do you teach? What do you teach? How long you been doing it? How old are you? Go for it. So uh, I, am, I teach eighth grade social studies, which is American history, in um, yeah. a school district about 40 miles west of Philadelphia in southeastern PA. It's called Owen J. Roberts. I'm yeah, in the middle school there. Um, I I don't exactly know how many years. I can't remember. I started in 2004. Okay. Because um, I don't mask yeah. on my. So, um, and, and, and it's it fun. goes fast, doesn't it? Yeah, oh my gosh. So, yeah, I am. I'm 40 years. I turned 40 last June during the height of 
COVID, I guess. Uh, oh, wow, okay. Uh, yeah. And I still feel like I'm, I'm like one of the 22 year old kids. I'm actually now I'm, I, where I teach, there's, I get to teach with three, four, four of my coworkers I, I taught. So it's kind of cool. I'm, That's really awesome. So you are, uh, let's see, you're roughly halfway yeah, through, through your career. Yep. And, and I felt, and maybe you, you felt this too. I felt like when I got to be 40, that I gained a perspective and my ego became less of a problem. Huh. I mean, have you experienced that? Uh, so uh, yes. And, and it, it, I'd say over the past, over the last like three or four years, I've gone through like a lot of introspection and thought where I didn't even realize I had an ego problem. <laughs> and right, and right. in the past four, few years, yeah, I, I have. And, and I, it's so much less about me teaching now and about the kids mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. behaviors like i take them so much less personally I think about, <laughs> like both wins and losses so it's yeah yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and it works out fine doesn't it yeah yeah when i was a young teacher man i, I some kid aggravated me you know i carried that yep and, and it, it made me really mad and all yeah. that stuff and and as i got older i was just like come on man yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, and and, it, and things went better when yeah. i took that disposition yeah absolutely well, that's a total sidebar. We, we could do an entire podcast on that. That's, yeah. that's not what I'm going to talk about today. But this is something interesting. Two years ago, or maybe three years ago, right? Yeah. Three years ago. I guess it was three years ago, yeah. So three years ago, that would have been 2019. Mm-hmm. You're just teaching away, and then all of a sudden, you were presented with an opportunity. Yeah. It was going to really change your, change your life. Talk yeah. about that. Yeah, so... <laughs> About three years ago, I was given the opportunity to leave the classroom for um, what was always stated would be a temporary basis. Was I was I was excited because I was nervous to leave the the, the classroom, but I we had a um, a TOSA a um, teacher on special assignment role for basically tech coach. Uh, our school went one to one with Chromebooks, and they wanted to make sure that the teachers were ready to 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 go. Yeah. Once we had the Chromebook initiative, so they they let me for the. It was a one-year gig at first, um, so starting the fall of 2019, I had one year to help get everybody prepared to use one-to-one Chromebooks um, oh, and wow. using Google Cl- Classroom. And then I'm not sure you might remember this little thing in March happened. Um, yeah. So then it turned into my. It was funny. Uh, all my my close friends at school used to they laughed at me. They said, cause of the first half of the year, I would walk around with my coffee cup, talking to everybody. Cause you know, your customer service, you're making sure teachers right. feel comfortable and helping them. And they said, then all of a sudden, um, for lack of a better term, all hell broke loose and my job became incredibly difficult. Yeah. Uh, so I was there to help kind of guide people through and save some people, not save people, but kind of help, help them feel a little bit more comfortable using technology for the past two years. And, you know, I remember when my school district went through that transition Mm -hmm. and it was really stressful for a lot of people Yeah, because, you know, students would lose them. They would break them. They would abuse them. Teachers had no clue. Some of them had no clue. Yeah. And so it was real stressful for them. And so that must have been a pretty challenging job. Yeah. You know, I I took for granted – a lot of what I had done and, you know, I was always one of those early innovators and I would just kind of give it a shot. Yeah. Um, So I didn't realize how stressful it was going to be for so many people. That (laughs) that was kind of like, 
that was that was helpful for me to see like just like man like slow down slow down like you're putting a lot of stress on yourself and maybe and in turn these people so it was, yeah it was, it was nice did you like it i did i did i loved it um and then i got a little bored with it to be yeah. honest with you um but yeah i did i i liked I really liked, you know, for the first time, in, I always joked, I said, I, my goal was to be a no sub needed profession. And I was no sub needed for two years. If I was out, I was out. <laughs> oh, man. So when you came to school, mm-hmm. when you were a teacher, yep, baby, it's showtime. I yeah. mean, you got to be ready to go. Yep. When you came to school as a technology coach, you, did you kind of ease into the day? Yeah. Yeah. So I had a lot of, con- obviously, a lot of control over setting up my day. Uh-huh. Uh, and some days I would hit the ground running if teachers needed help. Um, right. But once, you know, and the timing of it all, once we were out of school, my day was totally different. And then even when we yes. came back, because yes. you know, people were hesitant to get to, to get people, extra people in their room during COVID. So yeah, my, I would be able to ease into the day. I kind of understood a little bit why people like with office jobs, how they felt like they, you just right. can't understand a teacher's frenetic pace unless you live it. Um, yeah. I, I can, you know, the the weirdest thing for me, you talk about easing into things. Um, the very first day of school, my first year doing the, te- the tech coach thing, I remember the first period bell rang, the halls were quiet. And I was like, well, now what? Like, right. it was just, it was weird right. for me. You know, I had an old principal who's a good friend of mine today, and he was debating whether he should retire or not. And he had a secretary who was very close to. Yeah. And she just told him, she goes, you know, I know you. And I think you would miss the smell of the circus. <laughs> so, Mr. Brilla, yeah, did you miss the smell of the circus? You know what? I I, I absolutely did. And, and, <laughs> and when I initially, it's funny you talk about ego. Initially, the the smell of the circus I missed, I think, was being the guy. Like I missed, you know, you, you build yeah. relationships with kids. You have a sort of like a reputation. Kids are excited uh-huh. to have you play. I missed that. Yeah. And I can, I remember we were at an assembly in September and, um, like nobody, no kids really knew who I was and it was, it was weird to me. So it took me some time to a, to get over myself. Like it's, yes. not, it's not about being the guy. Um, yeah. and then B to, to kind of come to grips with the fact that like, I can enjoy what I'm doing now, but I can also still miss teaching. You know, I think that that story you just told is powerful and I had one similar, mm-hmm. My last students uh, are graduating from our local high school this year. I had yeah. them as freshmen. Yeah. Now, man, I'll tell you what, Mr. Brilla, I, I'm sure you can relate to this. I'd go over to Kroger, go shopping. It's Sturdivant, Sturdivant, Sturdivant. Yeah. Hey, Sturdivant. Yep. Or somebody's mom or dad comes up, hey, so-and-so is really enjoying your class. Thanks for all you do. You know, that, that really makes you feel good. Yeah, it does. And so I noticed that the last uh, few times I've been going over to the grocery store, I don't know any of these kids. They, they're all wearing the, the Letterman's jackets from the school where I, I don't know who they are. Yeah. They, they look like total strangers. And then I went and I dropped some stuff off at Goodwill. And this kid comes out and goes, Mr. Sturdivant, do you remember me? And, and I, I, I don't remember him. <laughs> That's such a rough thing to ask a teacher. But I think what it was is I had him as a freshman when he was five foot four, and now he's six foot three, yeah. and I don't, I don't recognize him. Yeah. So 
so that's that's sad, isn't it? That's yeah. sad to see that happen. Yeah, it, it was even. I, it's it's funny, you know. I where I teach, it's a campus, so we have our high school, and about a hundred yards across the parking lots, our middle school, and every day, uh, I park at the high school. I walk over to the middle school to teach, and then I walk back to the high school for wrestling practice. Yeah, and uh, there's over you know half the students in that building. I don't. I never taught. It's weird. It it is a it's okay. A, it's a weird thing. Okay. But you're you're a good guy, and you're talking about your ego and how, you know, it's not just about you. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you made the choice, right, to go back. So, why why that choice? I mean, I mean, being an being a, a technology coach mm-hmm. had its perks. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure you were good at it. Yep. Why'd you go back? I, it, I said to. to I, you know, when I was talking to our tech director, when I told yeah. him that I'm definitely going back, um, I said the the lows of teaching are certainly lower. You know, it's mm-hmm. harder, but man, you the highs are much higher than being. Oh my god! And it, it was awesome to be able to help m- colleagues, but I don't know. There's something about like when you can catch the interest of a 13 year old kid, or I, you know, I I was out yesterday um, for my my little guy was was homesick, um, and one of my more challenging students, like a student who like the building is like, Oh boy, she's, you know, she's tough. Mm-hmm. Send me an email. Just, Hey, just, uh, I hope gray feels better. Like I miss that. Um, right. right. And that, that's the, I just miss those, those connections you have with kids. And I missed, um, <laughs> like I said, I missed arguing with kids, you know, jokingly mostly, but yeah. I, just, I just miss that every day, the daily interaction with them. You know, when I, I, I love a glass of red wine. Love it, man. Or, or, or two. <laughs> and tonight I'm going to watch this movie. And maybe you've seen it. It's called The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Okay. It's on, it's on uh, HBO. It's on uh, Tammy Faye Baker. Yeah. It just came out. My wife and I are going to watch it. I'm going to have a couple glasses of wine. I'm going to sit around with my, my roommate. We're going to watch this movie. It's going to be a wonderful evening. I'm really looking forward to it. That, that's the kind of stuff you do when you get older. Yeah, yeah. And the thing I love about wine is I'll get this nice little euphoric feeling from from red wine, and that's fine, and I don't overdo it and all that. Yeah. But that can't even come close yeah. to the, the euphoria you feel when you craft a hell of a good lesson. Yeah. And you walk into that classroom, and those kids are engaged. Mm-hmm. And and they look up and say, oh, wow, the period's over. I couldn't believe that mm-hmm. really went fast. Nothing I have experienced in life, with the exception of the birth of my children, right. when I proposed to my wife, you know, all that stuff, I, I really can't compare much to that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, so you were missing that. Yeah. And, and even for me, like not even just even the times with, when I, they were, they aren't engaged or weren't engaged or it's, you're having that bad lesson or just, yeah, I, I missed the growth of the kids. Like I missed, sure. I missed seeing, you know, a kid go from, you know, a, a pain in the rear to somebody no who, who yes. at least is tolerable or is yeah. one of your, I, that's what I missed the most. Yeah. And I've had a situation and if you haven't had this situation, I bet you have, by the way, you certainly will in the future is, you know, I've had a kid that's in their forties come up to me and say, I really liked you as a teacher. And I'm like, 
really? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't seem like you liked me as a yep. teacher. So, yep. so you, you do make those impacts that you're not yep. even aware of till much later. Yep. That's uh, it's, I ran into a kid at our, our local Wawa, our convenience store. And he, he was talking about, um, <laughs> we were, I was pouring coffee. He's like, man, I loved your class. And I was like, <laughs> you hated me. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. Okay. So Mr. Brilla, you went back yeah. and I think it's clear why you went back. <laughs> Absolutely. You missed it. Yeah. But I've told you this story. I believe, I, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast in my books, all that stuff is I left education for one year. Yep. Went in the private sector hightailed it back. I was a different person when I got back. Yeah. How are you different? So I think, uh, I, you know, obviously coaching wrestling and wrestling is a huge part of my life. And I had a conversation with Steve Duraflo, who's our, the head coach of our team. This goes back like, geez, probably seven years ago, eight years ago. What, right when I had my, my maybe even longer than that, so probably 10 years ago, my oldest son was really little. And he told me to be careful don't make, how do you say, it? don't make what you do be who you are. Right. And he's like, he's like, you remember you coach wrestling. You're mm -hmm. not just a wrestling coach. And I was, I was kind of like, okay, whatever. Wow. And, and I think that I, my two year break from teaching, what it did for me more than anything else is like, yeah, I'm a teacher, but, but more than that, I'm a dad and a husband who teaches. And, and that's it, beautiful. Yeah. That's put it in beautiful. perspective. That's beautiful. It is something that I have said often. I mean, let, let's say that you teach for 35 years. Yeah. And let's say you live to be 85 years old. Yep. That means that you will have taught a fraction of your life. Yeah. Yep. So there's a Mike, Mike, Michael Brilla before you became a teacher. There's a Michael Brilla after you became a teacher. There's a Michael Brilla at 3 o'clock in the afternoon when you're walking out of the yep. building. Of course, yep. course, you're going to wrestling practice. Yeah, but... You're not walking out of the building. <laughs> But that's that that is such a good perspective. Yeah. And and it's taken me a while. Even this year, I still I still have to remind myself, like almost on a daily basis, like, yes, I'm here for, you know, seven or eight hours, but look at all this time. You know, I wake up, I'm I'm awake two hours before school. I have my whole night. Like this yeah. is just a small piece of, of my day. It's not just who I am. I'll bet you're a better teacher. I bet you teach better, excuse me. I bet you teach better <laughs> as a result of that. I think I think I do. I think it's I put so much less pressure on myself. That's beautiful. That's it. That is beautiful. Okay, so that's how your perspective has changed. Mm -hmm. Can you think about anything that's in your daily experience, either a frustration or something that makes you euphoric that you're thinking, wow, I forgot about this, or wow, this is different than I anticipated going back? I mean, this might be a little overstated or simple, too simple, but I, like, mm -hmm. I did not, I didn't realize how hard it was going to be. You know, right. I, I figured like, yeah, I was in a building. I'm, I, was, right. I was coaching teachers. I was supporting teachers. Like I'm ready. I know how hard this is going to be, man. Like it, 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 it really made clear to me that unless you were in it during the pandemic, it's tough. It's impossible to yeah. understand what those teachers went through. So it was, it was a lot harder to go back than I thought it would be. Yeah. Or when I got back, I should say it was a lot harder. It was, I mean, it was, there was days where early in the, in the quarter where I'm like, year, I'm like, man, did I make the right choice? Like, you know, you talk about engagement and students, 
um, they, they, you know, I, so I took like a, almost like a time froze for me where the last time I taught like a normal class was 2018. Um, so, you know, and now all of a sudden I'm back in the room. Well, engaging students in 2022 now is a lot different than, than it was. Then. It is. It and, is. And I was, I was questioning like whether yeah. I still had it. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, thank God for like teachers, friends at work, but, and my wife talk, like talk me through, like, no, you don't understand. Like, this is what it was. Like you weren't part of it. I'm like, you're right. You're right. So I, I was not prepared for just how hard it was going to be when, when I came back. Let me give you, let me share something with you, uh, that my father experienced. He was a, uh, educator for 46 years hmm. and he, he, he shared this with me when I was about 10 years into teaching. It was very meaningful. And my wife reminded me of it when I was having a rough year. When my kids went through our high school, I tried to keep a pretty low profile because I didn't want to be yep. – I probably was anyway, but I tried not to be that guy. Yep. And as a result, I was not as close to that group of kids yep. because I, I just purposely kind of kept a lower profile. Mm -hmm. And we have this big deal at our school where, you know – a kid would ask you to hand out a diploma. Yep. Graduation time. And, you know, I, in, in all transparency, I, I've handed out my share of them. Mm -hmm. But I had one year where I didn't hand out one. And it was during that time period. And yeah. I was thinking, oh, what the heck? You know, am I, am I losing it? Am I, am I not as impactful? Yeah. I can tell you that, that the issue was that I was just purposely keeping a lower profile. And then the next year I was able to be more of myself again. Yep. And, and I started to feel more like myself again. So you will go through those phases yeah. as a teacher. And and my father said like in, in his forties, he felt like he went through a, a doldrums of teaching. So, you know, if you're going to teach for 35 years, you're going to have ebbs and flows like that. Yeah. And recognizing that's really important. And I, I had to be reminded of that by my wife. Yeah. So so you felt that way when you got back. That was last year, right? Well, this this fall. Well, how's it going now? Um if I told you it was rainbows and unicorns, I'd be lying. It's still hard, but it's yeah. It's I, I've I've accepted the fact that that it's hard. I've accepted the fact that like not everything I'm gonna I do is gonna be perfect. Not mm -hmm. everything. And, and like I've the grace we all extended to people and the I'm, I'm kind of giving myself a little bit like, Hey, it's okay. And and I purposefully, I've, <laughs> I read a book by this guy once called you got to connect. I don't know if you ever heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that's, that's kind of what my, like, yeah, like I, my whole, uh, it's, it's helping, it's helping these kids to be, you know, a little bit more empathetic. Oh yeah. With each other, um, helping just getting to know them a little bit. I'm focusing on that rather than did they finish their Google hey, assignment. Talking about empathy. I'm, I'm going to go off a little bit on empathy here because I'm getting this frustrating. I'm hearing this frustrating statement from some folks like empathy is somehow weakness, yeah. which it's not. It's empathy is just understanding. Somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, if you're at war with somebody, Empathy is a pretty high value because you can understand your opponent for crying yeah. out loud. Yep. So, so this this concept that empathy is somehow weakness just just really upsets me. Yeah, just really ticks mind. me off. Yeah. It's okay. So here's the thing. 
you are glad you're back. Oh, hundred percent. Even with the frustrations, mm-hmm. Michael, there is a, a epidemic of teachers that are looking to cash in their chips right now yeah. across this country. Like, you know, you're right. Uh, teaching's changed in the last few years. Yeah. This is one thing I've observed. Maybe, maybe I'm off base. Maybe you have too, but students don't have, I mean, they never really had much patience with the one size fits all approach to instruction, but now they have less. Yeah. Cause, yeah. cause they had that independence during COVID and they're yep. like, Hey, why do I have to sit here and listen to this when I already know it? Yep. So it puts a lot more pressure on us to personalize instruction more. Yeah. That, have you have you witnessed that? Oh, oh, absolutely. Okay, yeah. so so there's that. Yep. And then there's you know all the ridiculous fights over critical race theory and what you teach and and everybody's like mad all the time. It's just <laughs> ridiculous. And so there's so many teachers that are that are like, the heck with it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do this. Yeah. And I fear that they are making a mistake. I fear that they're being hasty. Mm-hmm. What would you say to somebody like that? That's really like, I don't, I don't know if I can hang with this. Yeah. Um, like you, I think your, your whole don't be hasty, you know, make, yeah. take your time. I, I think, I, I think, the the kids are what are it's saving me right now. That's what's making yeah. me happy, and it's right. they're, they're frustrating me sometimes. Yeah, but that's also that's why I'm there. You know, I read. I don't know if I ever talked to you about it. Probably, I don't know. Um, I read a book one time a, a years ago called "Marching Off the Map." Actually, Dave Kroll, you the um, yeah the guy, yeah yeah Dave is yeah. the one who, who pointed me in this direction. Like, you got to check this book out. T- Tim Elmore, Elmore Elsmore, I forget what it was. But he talked about in it that that kids kids and this was written in 2017, 18, that kids are going into a world which does we have no idea what it's gonna look like, right? And he talked no. about like it's the whole Alexander the Great where they, they were making the maps as they went. And more than ever, our kids need good role models yeah. to help with that. And and he talked about like, you know, you can be when the when the winds when the winds change and the, 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 you know, they're not using your sail. They're not driving your boat like they should. You can be the angry sailor who shakes your fist at the wind and yells. Right. Or you can adjust course and use it to your advantage. And it's, you know, I think it's, it's just before you make rash decisions, make sure you're adjusting your course because it, these kids need us right now. They need us oh, more, more now than ever. And, and what's really interesting is I'm teaching uh, education students at the college level. Yeah. There's fewer students interested in going into education. Mm-hmm. And guess what? There's not fewer kids. No. It's, it, I, I mean, the, this this profession is a great profession to go into right now. Yeah. I mean, all the hoops, all that stuff, I, I get it. You know, they, they've made it really hard. And mm-hmm. but But still, the bottom line is what you and I were talking about, going into class, having a great lesson, having those wonderful interactions with students, yep. you can't buy that nope yep and, and, <laughs> and when when the doors you know when the bell rings the door shuts yeah none of that noise is there it's just it's just yeah. you and the kids and and that that's all that really matters you can't buy going over to the grocery store and having somebody say hey mr <laughs> brilla i loved your class even though i was a pain in the ass the whole time <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah you know like 
the today we're at my at my my nine year old had had a wrestling match and mm-hmm. I uh, a a good number of wrestlers of my wrestlers stuck around after they were done their workout stuck around to to, to watch my son and cheer on his butt. That's like, awesome. Like that's something that, that must have made him feel good. Oh, he thinks he's the, the coolest kid in the world now. <laughs> like when you see you know you see these 17, 18 year old kids fist bumping your nine year old like that. Yeah. That's neat. Like, and there are things, one of my, one of my old wrestlers, a kid I taught his little brother and he, I coached him in wrestling. He's 29 right now. And you know, he was back helping officiate the wrestling match today. And he was talking to my wife and my kids, my kids love him. Like, that's just something like you can't, you can't replicate that. Okay. Now there's another group of listeners (laughs) who are closing on retirement and they're, they're doing this cost benefit analysis. Should I retire? Shouldn't I retire? Don't retire until you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then there's another group of of listeners who might be retired and who miss it. Mm -hmm. See where you can teach. I'm telling you, Mr. Brilla, I'm teaching a total of 38 students right now. That's all. I mean, I, I was used to teaching like hundreds. Yeah. I get as much fulfillment out of that as I did when I was doing K-12. So find a way that you can teach again. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it's just wonderful. Just wonderful. Now, one more thing I want to lay on you. What, what's a, and I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this. <laughs> you know, project into the future. Yeah. So when you're turning 50 as opposed to turning 40. Yep. What, what, you want, what do you want things to look like? Oh, so 50. So let's see my, my I know that's old. <laughs> I, you know what? I, 50 used to sound old to me. Now it's like, yeah, like yeah, 50 is no close. Like my hoof was, man, that's closer. I think. Um, yeah. so my older guy would be what? 22. So I guess he and I, we, we talk about this every now and then he and I will probably, probably at that time be sharing a beer at the bar and toasting Bryce Harper's illustrious Philadelphia Phillies career. Cause there that would be go. about the end of his contract. There you go. Um, my little guy, my younger son will be what, 19, almost 20 by that point. So um, he's, he's, he is, he, he is determined. He's going to, he's not quite sure yet if he's going to wrestle, play baseball, football, or hockey in in division one college. He wants to go to Notre Dame, but he wants to commute to Notre Dame. So I don't know, maybe I'll be commuting at 15 hours each way every day uh, (laughs) to Notre Dame with him. But no, you you know, I think I would like uh, probably still teaching. Um, Definitely. May, may, you know, still in education without a doubt, Definitely. probably still teaching Definitely. Uh, married to my wife still, who would still be teaching Definitely. Um, kids, kids probably both away at college. Um, by that point, if, if Michael or older one's done, he'll probably be home with us living at home for a little bit just till, cause we all come back home. It sounds, it seems like a little bit. And they don't, they don't leave real quickly either. No, I want to tell you that. (laughs) I I was the worst. I had, I had a maid when I, when I graduated college, people make fun of me. I was like, where's the wrong, my, my mom, when I moved home, my first couple my first year of teaching, if I laid out the clothes I wanted to wear teaching the next day, my mom would iron it for me. So what am I leaving for? Bless her heart, man. You know what I'm doing right now? I'm watching my grand dog (laughs) who is like this big dog. Who's, who's really what? pretty wound up yeah so yeah Kid, kids don't leave and they and they bring their dogs with them yep that's yep so that i'm sure that we'll have that with michael yeah well listen man uh i i think 
I think one thing you need to add to that is you and your lovely wife need to focus on some things that you can do together. Yeah. Work on work on exercising and getting some sleep when it's not so compressed. Yeah. And, and Mr. Brill, you'll you'll be proud of me here. I'm going to extract a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I've been known to do that. Yeah. But today, you'll like this at age 60. I did uh, overhead squats with with very slow repetitions, and I was thrilled I could still do that. Yeah. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you how much weight I use. Doesn't matter if you use a broomstick; it's still impressive. <laughs> you, you you wouldn't be very impressed with that. But here I am at age sixty, and I'm doing these overhead squats, thinking, you know, this is a movement a lot of people can't even do. Yeah. Now I'm walking around right now today because I I did I did about a, a, my dips yesterday, and I did something on my shoulder. There so you go. overhead squats. Hallelujah. That's 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 amazing. Well, I I was I was usually. I was using barely any weight. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, like barely any. I was using the bar. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. The other thing I would like to have done in the, in, in ten years, and I'm going to blame yeah. you for this one, is you you sent me the email. Uh, you sent uh, right around the end of Christmas time. Yeah, Christmas. You sent me your episode yeah. of the two ladies who did the, and then you did the hike across the Grand Canyon, oh, rim to rim to rim. So uh, that that's one I might. I might have to accomplish. Well, how about if I just come out to Pennsylvania and we just walk over top of the Poconos? Here we go. It's gorgeous out there. Hey, listen, uh, are are you a Flyers fan? Uh, uh, Sadly, I am because it's been a rough row. (laughs) How about a Sixers fan? So uh, I am not a huge basketball fan. I was a Sixers fan growing up. Not yeah. so much, but my my older son is, loves Maxie, loves the Sixers. So now I can't help but follow and watch. Okay, but it won't be too long before the Phillies start limbering up, right? Well, it's if they can get past this this uh this agreement here. Yeah, I'm ready for spring training. Here's some popping. All right, my friend. So always so good talking to you. You too. Thank you. I appreciate it. So here we are at the what you can do about it section. Uh, this will be an unusual offering because I really had to create two lists based on audience needs. If you're an educator trying to figure out whether it's time to retire you've probably done a lot of evaluation. But how much have you interviewed others who know you? Make certain to interrogate family and friends and colleagues and administrators and even trusted students. Ask them what they think of you retiring and then be prepared to listen. You may just learn some interesting things about yourself. And if you fall into the category of a retired educator who misses teaching, Consider ways that you can teach again, but with far less demand. Consider these options. Be an assistant coach or really work with any extracurricular activity. Uh, Volunteering uh, with a a literacy group or a citizenship group. I did that. I worked with uh, refugees who were working towards becoming American citizens, and it was really fun. I enjoyed it. Teach a hobby. A lot of times, like, Local art centers will have classes where certain things are taught, like woodworking or cooking. Consider teaching one of those. Learn a skill, and that leads to the next one. Learn something. You know, learn something new, and then teach it to somebody else. Maybe your spouse, if they're willing. Uh, uh, become an adjunct instructor. This is what I've done, and man, I love it. I, I teach at Muskingum University. I teach education classes. It's a blast. I get paid virtually nothing, but I don't care. I love it. And then the other thing is start a book club. 
maybe just get some associates, maybe some other retired educators, and just dive into some wonderful books. And you can be the leader because it's your idea. Now, don't be in a rush to retire if you're not ready. And if you are retired, there's no reason why you still can't teach. Investigate a new venue. I did, and I love it. Thanks for listening, and please visit us at theretiredteachercoach.com. Listen to every episode of the Retired Teacher Coach podcast by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Goodbye for now.